There are a couple of reasons that are cited uh, uh, for the reasons why uh, African-American males doesn't uh, uh, stay in school. First of all, is the low high school graduation rate. Nationally, only 59% of black boys graduate from high school. High school, 59%. That's just a little bit that half. So you telling me <clears throat> that 5.9 boys out of 10 graduate from high school, and, and out of that 59%, you have a percentage of them that go on to college to try to obtain a college degree, and only 33% of them graduate from college. All right, there are three major reasons why uh, 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 these young men are not uh, graduating uh, from college. There are three reasons that are cited. One is the lack of preparation. Number two is the low socioeconomic status. And number three, increase incarceration of young black men of that age range for 18 to 25. I want to say to that, well, no kidding. But where should we look at the cause of the problem and what should the solution be at that cause? Let's look at lack of preparation. What does it mean by lack of preparation? Well, uh, they mean that they're not ready for remedial classes such as math and reading and writing. Uh, uh, They cannot endure the discipline. In fact, in one of the articles uh, cited Gabriel uh, Marshall uh, 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 piece, he said that their researchers said that young black men from the 18 or 24 lacks the discipline of having a successful a successful college career. I tend to disagree. First of all, the high school do not, they continue not to inspire and motivate young black men to go to school. They make it difficult for young black men to attend uh, 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 four-year state school and universities. Okay, we have our guest here. Good evening. Hey, this is Jason Smedley. How you doing, Mr. Smedley? How are you? I was just doing the intro uh, to the African-American males' uh, retention rate in colleges. And, uh, and that's something that your organization tried to tackle. Can you tell our listeners and our downloaders 
what your association tried to do. And first of all, I'd like to say good evening and welcome to Black Urban America. Okay. Well, first, I just want to say thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I'm calling uh, from the great state of Arkansas. And the name of our organization is the National Association of Black Men United. Uh, For short, we go by NABMU, and we are an organization that focuses on helping black men graduate from college. And the reason why our mission is is focused on helping black men graduate from college is because black men, unfortunately, have uh, some of the lowest graduation rates among any other ethnic group. And so we make it our mission to balance that out and ensure that we give the students the tools, the resources, and services needed to graduate from college. We want them to do more than go to college and and stay in college. We want to make sure they graduate from college. And even though we focus on black men, we are an open organization. We are inclusive and not exclusive. So anyone can be a part of it. And so we support black men, black women, white men, white women, Hispanics. It doesn't matter. Whoever wants help, to graduate from college, we're willing to do that, Uh, but still having that focus on ensuring that that we also put a special effort in aiding our young black men with graduating. Um, I was reading an article, and they cited three major reasons why young black men are not successful uh, at at the uh, higher learning institution. And the three uh, 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 reasons were uh, lack of preparation, low socioeconomic status, and increase of incarceration of males uh, 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 during the age, uh, among the ages of 18 and 25. What do you say that to those reasons? Well, I would say that those are legitimate reasons. Uh, I don't know if I would put those – I don't know if I'd put the incarceration as the top reason. I, well, I, I guess is it that they're not in college or not graduating from college? Uh, because I, I, I think that uh, financially that does play a huge impact uh, with young black men. And so uh, there are students, unfortunately, I, I run across students who are juniors in college and they have dropped out mm-hmm. out of school over three hundred dollars, owing the school three hundred dollars, and I've seen them three hundred dollars, and uh, it, it was it was a very difficult situation. Uh, but they they had they had their mind made up. There was no way they could come up with it. Um, I would also say, um, let's see, the other reason you mentioned incarceration. Uh, what was the other reason you gave? Lack of preparation. Uh, lack of lack preparation. Of, in that lack of preparation, he goes on to say that researchers said uh, that the young black male is undisciplined to attend high learning uh, institutions. Well, I wouldn't go that far. In other words, they're blaming the victim. What'd you say? In other words, they're blaming the victim. They're putting the onus on the young man. Instead of looking at the um, the academic environment that young man comes from, 
Mm. Well, I, I would say that you know, I, I don't know if you can pinpoint it to one particular thing. I will say that accountability is huge. And if uh, whether you're black, white, whatever, if you haven't had accountability for your actions and for your work for 18 years of your life, it's hard to, uh, to accept that once you're in college because college will hold you accountable, and it is important to be disciplined. Uh, but, but there are so many other factors that, that play into that. Uh, but preparation is, is definitely uh, a huge aspect uh, for success uh, for black men in college. And unfortunately, there are many that that go to college who don't have that preparation, and it isn't because um, uh, they don't want it. It's because that they've never they don't know what they don't know. So they don't know what college credits are. They don't know that they have to form a schedule that uh, begins at 9 a.m. instead of taking a 6 a.m. class or a 7 a.m. class. Because I tell them, hey, if you spend 18 years of your life never giving getting up before 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock. Don't start taking six in the morning classes. Take them when you're receptive to the material. But a lot of them are just doing what their advisors are telling them, and the advisors aren't giving them uh, at times uh, the right recommendations for their class schedule so that they can be successful. So, can you say that are the advisors ill-prepared to interact uh, or advise the young black man that comes to his uh, institution? Well, I won't say that they're ill-prepared, but I feel that that relationship between students and advisors has to be uh, developed more in a lot of cases. Because if a student, if I was an advisor and a student uh, came to me and I noticed that this student did not do that well academically during their last couple of years of high school, I probably wouldn't advise that student to take 16, 18 hours. I wouldn't do that to him. I I don't care what his major is. As a freshman, I just wouldn't do that. Instead, I would recommend that student maybe take the basics, the basic courses, the core courses that are required for graduation no matter what their major is, probably 12 hours. As a full-time student, 12 hours is usually the norm across colleges and universities. And while that may seem like a simple thing, a lot of students don't get that type of advice. And so when I talk to these different students and mentor these students and I ask them, you know, well, you're doing bad in these classes. How many classes are you taking? Well, I'm taking 16. Why are you taking 16 your first semester in school? Well, that's what my advisor told me to take. And I'm like, well, did you ask why? You could have taken this course a little later. You could have taken this four-hour course later, this lab later. Uh, but it's, it's advice like that that I think students need uh, before going to an advisor or when they get to that advisor. That's what the advisor is supposed to give them. So little things like that hurt a student, especially when they're dropping courses, which cost thousands of dollars when you do that, or they're failing courses, which also cost the same amount of money. And now they have to retake a course, and they're already not set up for success after their first semester or their first year of school. Well, um, well, let me ask you this. 
Why is it more attention focused on this issue? Why is there more uh, light spread on this issue? Well, I would actually say that there is more now than I believe there has been in the past. You have schools developing their own minority initiatives to help combat this problem. Uh, I believe the reason why it still exists is because the program is still not addressing the core issues. Yes, you can dress young men up, and I believe that's what we should do. We can give them different, you know, and I'm (laughs) – we can give them different workshops, how to tie a tie, how to um, be professional, which I think all of those things are great. Um, but if they're missing the core character traits, it doesn't matter what you give them. It doesn't matter how fancy their laptop is, how fancy their dorm room is, what kind of clothes they have on their back. If they're missing the core characters, characteristics that make up a good student, then they will continue to have issues. And I believe those core characteristics have to start before college. And a lot of that well, those core well, well, you speak you speak of the core characteristics uh, in order to survive in college. You said they need to start before college. Well, you know, the high school graduation graduation uh, rate aren't so good among uh, young black boys. Uh, it's only like uh, 59.7% that's graduated from high schools. And, uh, and how well, and, and I read somewhere that it's uh, uh, a young black guy from 18 to 24 had a better chance of obtaining a GED in prison than obtaining a graduation degree at a, uh, a college or a university. Mm. Well, I, I tell you, that statement you just made hurt my heart. It, I read that like three different times from three different authors because I wanted mm-hmm. to get a little bit more into like, okay, is it is this an issue? Is this a problem? And and and, and a couple of weeks ago, I saw a documentary. We have like one point one million fathers in or in prisons on the federal and state uh, uh, level, and these guys go away at like 18, 19 years old. So what, mm-hmm. what I'm asking is that that why should we wait till their freshman year in college? Why why can't we try to tackle the problem in, in high school? Oh, I I, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, I, I just think that more of the focus is being put on getting them their high school degree rather than preparing them from college. And I believe that if you prepare them from college in high school, that graduating from high school will be a, a no-brainer. Like, of course I'm graduating from high school because I want to go to college. Uh, but I but think a lot of the focus cultures- is – yeah, there's some cultures that get their kids ready like in elementary school, like sixth grade, oh, fifth grade, even younger than that. They're already thinking about college. And, and, and I just want to say, before I go any further, 
I don't believe it's necessary for every single person to go to college to be successful. There are plenty of other opportunities uh, that they can pursue uh, and still be successful in life and be a right. uh, and be a great quality citizen. Uh, but I will say, my my belief is, if you are able to get into a higher educational institution, then you can graduate from that school. Anyone who goes to college, I believe, can graduate from college. That's the reason why they accepted you to go to that school. Um, but I will say it, it does need to start at a younger level, and I just want to say as an organization, we have put our focus on college students. And several times every year we have people ask us, hey, what are you doing for high school students? And we always respond, nothing, because we do not have the resources and the manpower to help to concentrate on high school students. We've got to focus on our college because it's, it's so overwhelming just dealing with college students. But what we're finding out is, is that um, a lot of the issues that we're facing with college students are a result of what's happening before they get to college. And so in order for us to do our job, in helping students in college, we're going to have to help the students in high school and get them mentally prepared and get them ready for college. And a lot of that comes with accountability and discipline. Um, and, and we always say there's only two things you need to graduate from college, only two things. You need a realistic plan and a sincere desire. If you have those two that's things, true. Yeah, you can that's graduate. True. I and, yeah, most definitely. And, but the hard thing is, and this comes from the character piece, schools have been able to develop some very um, impressive plans for students to graduate. The, you, you choose a major. This is how many classes you have to take. These are the type of classes you have to take to graduate. They can give you a plan. But the sincere desire, that's character. You have to that, – that comes from your character. You have to want to graduate for yourself more than anyone else, more than the mom who's been saving up and who's giving you $20 a week. You have to want to graduate more than anyone else in the world. And no matter if a natural disaster hits your school, you're still going to find a way to graduate from another school. It doesn't matter what comes. That sincere desire has to be there. And what I'm finding is that a lot of students are missing that sincere desire. Why is that? And I think that has I to be mean, like, uh, I mean, like, just stepping on the campus, the, the campus environment should just be inspiration. No, for one, I just, I just want to go in this building, take these classes, and do what – do what I got to do. Why don't why they don't have that attitude? Because of a few reasons. One, some classes can be intimidating, and what really hurts yes. my heart is when a student who has their whole life said, "I want to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor." They go to college. They take a few science courses. Get intimidated by a science teacher, and they quit their major. They change majors, which also costs more money because now you got to take more classes, but they miss their passion. 
they were developing and believed they could be a doctor up until they got into a biology class, up until they got into a physics class, or whatever it may be. And all of the well, let me ask you, Mr. Smelly, let's back up. Let's back up a little bit. It sounds like that you're placing the onus on the individual, that student. Well, how about the school he came from that 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 failed to prepare him to 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 take the all the signed course or their signed classes weren't up to par. He probably came from a failing school. I mean, let's look at some of the it's a, uh the, the the system, some of the educational system. And how about some of these professors? How about some of these professors that may have some type of uh, I don't know uh Stereotypes about African American young males. I think, I think you just made some great points, and really, I put oh, the onus you. on all of. Them. I put. I the, see. I'm coming from personal experience. You see, Mr. Right. Smelly, and, I'm coming and, from personal experience. When I graduated and, from high school, I was reading and writing on a seventh grade level, and all they wanted me to do was play ball. Every class I went to, I was the only black in class. And even some of the blacks that I met, they weren't, I guess, I, I guess, uh, I guess, uh, had some identity issues. Uh, uh, and, and, matter of fact, an instructor told me one time, I don't know why you're taking this class. You're going to drop out of school. Mm. Well, I, and, and, you know, that's, that's so unfortunate. And, and I'm not and, and I got to tell you, I got I got some uh, some bad situations that happened to me as well, and and you're right. It's not just it's not just on one particular person. Uh, it it is also on. I mean, it's not just on the student. It's also on the school that that it came from. It's also uh, on the parents to some degree. You have you have some. Parents, especially uh, some some single mothers, that I've I've had to um, discuss their their child with, and and uh, they they have basically had to take on two roles for 18 years, and part of taking on two roles also means trying to build a positive support system for that for that young man and keep them in a positive atmosphere. And so when it comes to accountability and having someone like me, a black, uh, older black man, saying, hey, why aren't you going to class? Why are you uh, avoiding this, this teacher? Why are you not studying for your test? That gets kind of intimidating to them because they're not used to having someone hold them accountable like that. And that is something that yeah. we're trying to work through. Um, yeah, but, but back, they, back. they probably never had no one to answer answer to. You know, they were right. very independent. And they was an adult at fourteen and they had a lot right. of responsibility. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, I can't believe it. In 2016, we still have the families send the first one to college. That, I mean, that is I heard um, that like thirty five, 
40 years ago. I'm the first one for my family right. to go to college. That was right. like and they're still years saying, ago. They're still saying that. And I really can't believe that, it, you know, that there's not I, I know. an aunt, an uncle, uh, a grandparent, a, a cousin, an older sister, an older brother or something, you know, that, that at least, Made attempt to to right. uh, 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 go go to college, but still in this day of era, we still have a people first generation. We still have a first generation. What do you think right. of the course of that? Um, I, I think that I think that opportunity is a big part, uh, which is something that we're trying to push is get students the opportunity to have some exposure. For example, I was, I was uh, doing some training about three weeks ago in Baltimore, and I got to view a lot of the economic development that was going on in the Baltimore Harbor. And it uh-huh. is amazing. It is amazing what they're doing down there. And the organization that was hosting it um, had an intern with them, a young man from Baltimore. And he was part of the tour of the uh, inner harbor of Baltimore. So he's in high school. I'm, I'm having a conversation with him. Great young man, smart, confident. He was a boxer, had won 25 fights at 17. Wow. I, I was like, wow, yeah, they like really impressed. They like boxing right. for the more. Yeah, Philly well, for the more, boxing time. Right. Well, here's what I mean by exposure. That was his first time ever going going to the harbor in his life. He's from Baltimore? He had never seen and he was from Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore and, and I spent ten years in Washington DC. I lived in Virginia and I had been to Baltimore at least a dozen times. I had been to the inner harbor at least a double dozen times. And he had been to D C three times in his life. And he didn't even know, uh, when I mentioned what schools he was considering, I asked him about Howard University. He had never heard of the school. No, and nothing, I, I, um, and, and you know what? I tried to, I, I, I didn't believe him. I was like, you're lying to me. I know you heard of Howard. I know you heard of Howard. He had not Everybody heard, heard of Howard. Of Howard. He no, he didn't. No, he he only knew about one school, and that was Morgan State. That's the only school he knew about, and that's what he was planning to go to. He was going to go to Morgan State because he didn't know of any other school. He wasn't even going to. He had. He didn't even have plans to graduate high school. So him making the decision to go to Morgan State was a really big, big really news. big announcement. Well, let me so ask it, you this. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Excuse for cutting you off. You said something that, that, that triggered a thought in me to, to ask you, uh, well, trigger a question, not a thought, is that do you think not only the child should receive the honest opportunity, how about the parent? How about the parent or parents receiving the For example, like when they recruit an athlete, right, a football player to come down, one of the parents could go. And that's giving the parents exposure to the institution 
where her son might be attending in the fall or, or in August. You know, uh, uh, so on the educational uh, spectrum, should we have the same type of or similar structure? Like if I the think kids so. got to go to a workshop, uh, the parents got to go to a workshop too to understand what well, kind we, of applications are coming through the mail or or, uh-huh. or being emailed or, or what type Absolutely. of questions they should ask to a mission recruiter, you know, things of that nature. Uh-huh. Not only the truck. Because, like, remember, you know, parents got to be, you know, we, we, we work, sometimes we work with our youth, sometimes we exclude the parents. And I came to the notion, yeah, we could fix the kid up, but they still got to go to back to that home or back to that parent. And, and I come to the conclusion, you got to deal with both of them. Because just like if he didn't have the opportunity to go to the harbor, and he lives in Baltimore, that's like the parent not exposing the child to other things, whether you're on low income, middle and whatever income. It's nothing to take a walk. Well, it's it's uh I think that's definitely true. Um my caveat to that is several parents are probably working to survive and just try to keep their child out of trouble. And so when that becomes the priority and the focus, it's hard to think outside of that box sometimes because when you're working day in and day out and kids are having to, you know, cook their own meals, kind of get their clothes ready for tomorrow and and get everything, you do their own homework, you know, you don't have time to check over because you have work, um, when you have that kind of, when that becomes like your world, I think that it, it's, it's harder to ask more of them. Uh, but that, that's what's needed. And if they can't do it, that's an opportunity for those that can to do it. And, that, and that's where I try to come in and give those students exposure. That's where the volunteers come in. We try to step in because we know that it's going to take a village. And uh, just as a brief example, we took a lot of the college students that are part of our local chapters, we took them to a law school. These are college students. We took them to a law school, and they got to see the law school. They got to see the library. They got to listen to a panel discussion with law professors and law students. The dean of the law school gave an introduction. We had the dean of admission tell them this is what's necessary for you to go to this school. This is the GPA. This is the LSAT score. This is when applications are due. They got all the information about law school, and they did a law school game. Then we took them to the medical school, and we did the same thing with them. And we then we took them to uh, a master school, the Clinton School of Public Service. So they got to visit all of these graduate-level schools that would prep them to be uh, an attorney or a medical doctor or obtain their master's in public service. Uh, And we did that because we believe they need that exposure. I have never been to a medical school before we did that event. So how Mm -hmm. do I know I wouldn't have wanted to be a doctor 
if I'm never exposed to it? How would these That's students right. even think about being an attorney if they never been to a law school or had a discussion with lawyers or law students? And so we believe giving them that exposure, if they decide to go down that track, it serves two purposes. Now they have an idea of what they want to do, but secondly, graduating college will be will become second nature to them to them because I want to be an attorney. So of course I'm going to graduate college because that's the only way I can go to law school, and law school is the only way I can be an attorney. So it's serving right. that two it's serving those two purposes and still sticking to still sticking to our core goal of making sure they graduate. If somebody want to volunteer, how would they reach you? Uh, if they want to volunteer, uh, they can reach us by going on our website at nabmu.org. Again, that's nabmu.org. And then our number is 202-368-5282. Again, our number is 202-368-5282. Okay. Uh, let's get back. I got a couple more questions I'd like to ask you. Okay. There, there's some research saying that, that, that the enrollment of young black men into high institutions are declining. If that's the case, what are some of the reasons, what do you think are some of the reasons why some of these kids will not look at or consider attending school? I well, mean, I have my own, I have my own, I have my own theories, but I just want to hear what you got to say, like, uh, 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 what, 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 what are academia, uh, your organization, uh, uh, your, uh, uh, your participants saying? What are some of the reasons why uh, young brothers do not want to look at college as an option? Well, I, I got a, I got a few reasons. Uh, one of them is that uh, the admissions process. Uh, is always changing. It evolves, and and that can impact um, who they allow into the school, as far as GPA, their ACT scores, uh, whatever it may be. So that can play an impact in it. And so, if uh, the average GPA is whatever, you know, we can say is the average GPA of a black male attending college is a three-point. If they make their average enrollment 3.1, you know, it already is going to cancel out a lot of potential students. So the enrollment, the admissions process can impact the enrollment. I would also say that with the rise in, in money, how much it costs to go to school, that has played that can play a huge part. And and along with the uh paying for college fees is also uh the being able to get financial aid. If if you don't if your family doesn't have the money to pay for school and you don't have a scholarship and you're unable to obtain financial aid, then 
getting an acceptance letter is just a piece of paper because it's two, like I said, it's two things that students need to graduate, which is a sincere design and a realistic plan for colleges, two things you need for them to give you a degree, and that's money and that's the grades. Those are two things colleges <laughs> need from you. And no matter what your grades are, you still got to have the money. Uh, I would well, also well, say well, that, well, why is it so hard to get financial aid these days? Well, um, you know, one reason, if, if you have a certain uh, criminal background, that can prevent you from getting financial aid. Um, uh, depending upon your, the, your financial status uh, in connection with your parents, that can play a part mm-hmm. in it. Uh, but I would also say that uh, some students, some high school graduates are looking for other opportunities. They're seeing the, the student loan debt of their big brother. They're seeing their parents still paying their student debt, and they don't want to be like that. So, uh, for instance, I have a young man that goes to my church, and he has just graduated high school, and he doesn't want to go to college. He wants to go to the Marines. And so this morning we went on a run today, and uh, he just said he's tired of school, and I respect it. Uh, I, I can tell that right now he is not open to going to college, which I um, he may later on, but at this point he's just not interested in that. Instead, he cho- he chooses the military, and I, I think that the and, and you know you have technical schools that are available to students, but I, 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 there are other avenues, and and these other avenues are becoming more competitive as people see the mountain of student debt that people are getting. So they're saying, hey. I'll skip the debt, and instead I'll work, and uh, I'll end up three or four years from now. Uh, I'll have a decent job. I'll make a decent amount of money, and I won't have half the debt. So that that to me is is another reason. Uh, but but I how do you but feel I still, about how do you feel about young black boys using the military? as an option, especially during the skirmishes that the United States are involved in? Because you know they're going to be placed on, they, 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 they're going out first. You know that. They're going out to the most dangerous missions. And go, it's true. They set us out on dangerous missions. Well, I, I know that's a that's a perception. Now, I'm, I'm actually uh, – uni- well, I don't know if you know, but I have I have 16 years in the Marines, mm-hmm. and I, and I'm still, and that that is a strong perception. What I will say is that's not always the case. That's not always the case. Okay. And, uh, because there's plenty there. What what a lot of people don't know, and what I didn't know when I joined the Marine Corps, was that there's more than one job in the Marine Corps. I, I had no idea. I thought every Marine was fighting, was in combat. I didn't know you have Marines. Well, that's what that they always said. They're the first one to hit the beach. They're the first one yeah. to hit the beach. They're the first one so, to combat. So Marines, Marines, are, Marines are the first to fight. Marines are the first to fight. But the majority of the Marine Corps uh, is not on the front lines. That's only 
a small portion of any branch that's actually in combat. Uh, and so the majority of military is supporting, supporting the efforts of those on the front lines. More than 90% of the military, that's what they're focused on, supporting those on the front lines. And, uh, but it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to see that because from the media and, and everything, you, you would think that everybody is out there hooking and jabbing. And everyone's doing their part. Uh, but as far as, as actually the, the combat's concerned, um, a, a majority of, of combat is executed uh, by the infantry, by um, not just by the infantry, but also by our pilots in different areas, but those that are in combat-focused arenas. Um, but I, I will say, I think, I think military can be a good option if it's used right. You you have to you have to go in with the right mind. And the military is not for everyone. And a lot of people assume that military can be their backup and it can't be. Military is not just taking anybody. So you have to meet a certain medical requirement, you got to re, uh, you got to reach a certain mental requirement, a certain academic requirement, a certain physical requirement and uh, for officers, and well, not just for officers, but uh, across the board, you got to have the right moral compass. And so, all those things are evaluated before you can attempt to be a part of the of the military. And so, it's it's more selective than people give it credit for. Do you think one thing I will say, uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I'll just say this last little piece. One thing that the military does that I had never had in my life is that the military, when I joined the Marine Corps and I went to boot camp, they stripped me of my personal clothes. They stripped me of my personal items. They stripped me of, of uh, the connection with my family. Uh, you know, I couldn't call and talk to them. I couldn't see them. And I slept uh, in the same we all slept together. We all mm-hmm. ate together. We all worked out together. We all went to class together. And I realized it was the first time in my life I felt a true sense of equality because you didn't know who was rich. You didn't know who was poor. You didn't know who was well-educated or anything. It was an even playing field. Everyone had the same amount of time to study, same amount of time to sleep, same, same type of food everything, and I was able to excel on an even playing field, and it was a feeling that I've never had in my life. And so well, I, I, I got to say, I got to say two institutions in the United States of America do show some type of equality. The first institution is the sports arena. You know, if, if the politician could take a page out of the sports arena, maybe – Things could be a little better. I was just saying that this morning, talking about the Olympics. That's the only time you see people of different cultures just hugging together and what have you in the stands and supporting their teams. And one could be a racist, one could be a stone cold killer. Who knows? And secondly, uh, 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 is the military. And, and historically, black men that serve and fought for the United States, when they came home, they were more prepared 
to deal with the injustices of America, like 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 uh, um, like the brother that 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 uh, was out of Mississippi for a career. Uh, oh, and the other brother that was the first one in Alabama, uh, University of Alabama. Uh, so so I, I I'm saying this that 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 something that the military gives a person, which is uh, some uh, 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 esteem, uh, 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 a sense of uh, their right to certain things like education, housing, uh, employment. So so these guys, when they come back home, I only can talk about past wars, and and I don't know too many about the young soldiers that they're coming home from Afghanistan and Syria and Iran and Iraq and that area. I don't know what their mentalities are, but when these guys came home for World War Two and Korea and Vietnam, they came home with a sense of purpose that they was going to do something for their people, whether it's uh, registering voters or what have you, or going to school or being a better man. Yeah, I I I completely agree. And you know, Mega some Evers, of those things Mega Evans. Mega Evans. He when he came mm-hmm. home for career. He went right straight to the NW no, no, he went became a law no not a lawyer, an insurance uh, broker. And and went on working with the NWACP. So yeah, uh uh but but the military also gave you a sense of false, uh, I want to say type of false of belonging. You know, you're in a particular uh, system, and like you said, the quality, you don't know who come from a rich background or a poor, ground, poor background, and you're elevating, you're being promoted, and you're performing well, and you decide to give it up and go back to civil, civilian life, it has been hard in the last 15, 20 years uh, for especially young black uh, uh, military men coming back home. It's just that they haven't been, I find a lot of them homeless, unable to go to school, get employment. So um, I don't know well, if, the, if the military is really preparing them for the reality, the realistic, the real, the reality of the world that they would be going back to. Well, I, I will say that you know that is an ongoing process. Um, you know, the the military is, I think, is cons- consistently consistently evolving uh, in prepping them back to uh, the civilian world. You know, like the. Like the Marine Corps has three things it does. It makes Marines, it wins battles, and it returns quality citizens. Those are the three points that the Marine Corps stands on. Um, but but I would also push for colleges. You know how, how we, we just spoke about how high, school, high, high schools preparing students for college, the same thing right. for college to prepare students for after graduation. What are you going to do? You got your degree. What are you going to do with this business degree? Where are you going to go? Right. And right. and I think that 
I think that, you know, we have a lot of we, we, we still have a lot of young black men that are graduating from college, but they still don't have uh the tools necessary to continue to grow and evolve uh after college. Uh well, towards well, resume building. Do. Well a lot of people do. Well a lot of people do. When they get that degree, they think that's it. They don't know that's just the start. That's just the beginning. Just start. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and they have to continue to go to workshops, to seminars, to network. And you're right, you know. As, 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 and that's what I was trying to uh, say before, that the accountability ought not to be on the student himself. Yes, you got to bed. You got to get up in the morning, go to class. You got to go to the library. You got to hit them books. You got to read them chapters. You got to go to study groups. You got to, if you need tutoring, you got to go to tutorials and sections. You can't miss a day. You know, yes, that's the discipline part. But the preparation part, onus, because, like, when you're 14 and when you're 11, 12 years old, you really don't know, and somebody got to assist you in paving that way and making sure you get what you need so you can be competitive, at least competitive. Well, I I, I definitely agree. I, I just what what I what I'm trying to uh, work with the students is that regardless of whatever background you came from, regardless of how hard the professor is. Regardless if you're the only black student in there, regardless if you're not as prepared for this particular course, you still got to graduate. You mm-hmm. still have to find a way to pass this course. And no, that doesn't solve the issue of fairness. But the most important priority is for you not to use any of that as an excuse to drop out. Not and, and no matter and that's, what, keep that's on something. going on. Yeah. No matter what. No matter what. I don't keep on I, and, keep on fighting. And that and that's a hard pill to swallow. And it's a hard thing for me to tell these students because I, I feel their pain. I've been through it myself. And I had my own issues in college. But when I got my sincere you, desire I knew nothing was going to stop me. And I I want to make sure that they have that regardless of of what comes their way. Mr. Smedley, I want to thank you for coming on my show. We're running out of time. uh, Thank you for having me. Can you give that information one more time for people that are going to download this show? Uh, I know this is going to be a hot topic. And... uh, can you get that information out again, please? Okay. It is, again, the National Association of Black Men United. It's an inclusive organization. Anyone can be a part of it. We focus on black men graduating from college because they have some of the lowest graduation rates. You can reach us at nadmu.org, nadmu.org, and, or you can reach us by phone at 202-368-5282. Again, that number is 202-368-5282. Thank you so much for having me.
I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Smiley. And I'll be in contact with you. Okay. Okay. There you have it, folks. Uh, we, uh, we have some serious issues. I know we've been focused on police shootings and criminal justice, but we have a real problem here. It's, it, the whole educational system from elementary to high school to college is not really like really inspiration, motivation for us. And, and, and even in, in the higher learning, with black professors and black presidents of institutions not making some type of, not making it easier, but having some programs that will, that will improve these numbers, 33% of young black males does not graduate. That's the problem. That's a problem. I send my kid off to school. I at least want him coming out with five years with something, you know. And uh, and it's a shame that wherever we go, they always try to hold us back. So with that, that's another week. As always, I am because we are. We are because I am. Trying to get 